All right, we're going to uh, continue this lesson, this series of lessons we've been doing on um, the Beatitudes from Matthew chapter 5. So let me read to you uh, what the scriptures say here. Blessed, this is Matthew 5, verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when, when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets, who were before you. Again, this is Jesus. This is him kicking off one of the greatest sermons ever, the Sermon on the Mount. And so we are dissecting this uh, together and really diving deep into this to really understand God's heart. And uh, tonight's lesson is going to be from verse six. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Um, you know, a requirement here, it shows, of being filled is first being hungry or being thirsty. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you the truth. Hunger can sometimes make us uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable. It can lead to uncomfortable situations, uh, even quite practically speaking. I was in the city one time. Um, I was hungry. And I saw one of those dollar pizza places, which is quite frankly, the worst pizza you can buy, but it was only a dollar, um, <laughs> a slice for a dollar. And I had three $1 bills on me, right? So I was gonna, I think, I think it was three, was it three? Yeah. And, and I wanted to get two slices of pizza and one bottle of water, had it all planned out. I was hungry and that's what I wanted. So I went in, I got in line and then when it was my turn, I was about to give my order and, and a homeless guy came in and he walked right past everybody, right up to the front counter and he looked right at me and he said, will you buy me a slice? And, um, you know, I was, <laughs> I was a little uncomfortable. I was like, oh, uh, you know, at first I was like, well, wait, you know, maybe he's not talking to me, you know? So I, you know, I just sort of tried to pretend like I didn't hear anything. Right. And I'm, and, and the person in the counter is like, uh, yeah, uh, what, what, what would you like? What, what can I, what can I get for you? So I was about to order and he said it again. He looked at me and he said, can you buy me a slice? And then I, you know, I'm kind of saying, I'm not looking at him, but I kind of looked to my side. I'm like, yep. Uh, yep. He's, he's talking to me. <laughs> and I've, I'll be honest with you. I was, I was saddened because I was hungry. Right. I thought I only have three $1 bills on me. I didn't want to give one away. But then, of course, I thought, ah, oh, okay, I'm a Christian, right? Uh, I'm hungry, but I'm a Christian. So I said, all right, we'll take two slices and a bottle of water. And I gave him one of the slices, and I walked away with one instead of two. Uh, but that's what hunger can do. Hunger, his hunger, right? He was hungry. I was hungry. Hunger can cause some uncomfortable situations. Hunger, hunger can cause haste sometimes. Um, I was in Michigan recently uh, visiting my family at my brother's house, and I decided to make chocolate chip cookies because I was hungry. And, you know, I mean, you know, in all humility, I make 
some of the best chocolate chip cookies ever. And I mean that, in, you know, this is not a lesson on humility, by the way, guys, this is no, but I, I, I was like, I'm going to make cookies for my family. And I, and, but I was hungry and in my haste, uh, I got the tablespoon and teaspoon mixed up, you know, and it wasn't so bad, you know, you're supposed to put a teaspoon. It wasn't so bad of when I, you know, when I put in the vanilla or the baking soda, but when I put in a tablespoon of salt, man, <laughs> they were not, it was, they were, those are some salty chocolate chip cookies. And, uh, but we ate them. And I'm just saying, that's what happens. Sometimes when you're hungry, you, you can find yourself in uncomfortable situations. You can find yourself uh, being hasty and making bad decisions. Um, you know, I, I, I don't personally like being hungry. Um, you know, of all the spiritual disciplines out there, uh, I have fasted many times in my life, but it's my least favorite <laughs> the spiritual discipline is, uh, is fasting because I just don't like being hungry. Um, but the Bible talks about hunger. And of course, here it's not talking about physical hunger. I'm using physical as an example. It's really talking about spiritual hunger, right? That's what he's talking about. You know, this sort of desperation, this sort of want, this sort of need. And I'll be honest with you, when you study the scriptures, uh, hunger or this desperation is, a, is a, an essential part of people who follow Jesus. I mean, listen to some of these passages here. I'm going to rattle them off here and you can kind of look them up on your own if you need to, but just listen to some of these. This is Luke chapter five, beginning in verse 12. It says, while Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him. That's a desperate, hungry person. Uh, Mark chapter five, Verse 33 says, then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. Again, another hungry soul. Mark chapter five, um, verses six and seven says, when Jesus saw, when they saw, when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. Uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 41 through 42. It says, Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. Uh, Mark chapter 7, verse 32. It says, there, were, there are some people brought to him a man who was deaf and who could hardly talk, and they begged Jesus to place his hands on him. Uh, Mark chapter 8, verse 22. It says, they came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. Uh, Luke chapter 7, verse 4. It says, when they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. Uh, Luke chapter 7, verse 38. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. Again, these are just examples of people who, who, who were hungry, who, who, who have this sense of need, this sense of desperation. And 
that is a big part of following Jesus is being hungry. Uh, this desperation, this hunger, this thirst, it is, it, it's, it's part of following Jesus. And again, as I said earlier, a requirement to being filled, according to the verse we read, is to first be hungry. We've got to be hungry. You know, this hunger and thirsting, you know, this kind of desperation that I just read about, it requires a very deep humility. It requires vulnerability because it, it, it makes us needy. It's something that I, I don't know about you. It's something I'm often uncomfortable being. It makes us needy. And honestly, I believe that's why God esteems the hungry and the thirsty and promises them fulfillment is because there's so much vulnerability and humility involved with people who are spiritually hungry, spiritually hungry and thirsty. Um, Our degree of hunger and thirsting for righteousness is reflected in our decisions. And it's often reflected in our daily decisions. You know, ask yourself, how desperate have you been for God? How hungry for righteousness have you been? Have you been seeking to find God? You know, are we, for example, are we regularly uh, feeding ourselves and connecting with God through prayer or reading the Bible regularly on our own? I know we read the Bible now uh, and that is good, but, but just on our own, like regularly really feeding ourselves Um, Are we learning? Are we learners? Are we growing? It doesn't matter how young we are or how old we are spiritually. Uh, You know, you know, uh, reading the Bible, seeking God isn't just for the non-Christian doing the seeking God study. (laughs) You know, it's for all of us. We're constantly seeking and looking and hungry for God. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. There's a promise of fulfillment for us if we are hungry and thirsty for righteousness for him. Um, Again, I said earlier, and I I don't like being hungry. Um, I don't, because to me, being hungry equals pain. You know, it's not a lot of pain. And I'm, I'm, you know, I know I'm being a little dramatic, uh, you know, I've never, ever really been starving in my life, um, but I don't even like to be slightly hungry because I don't like the pain of hunger. And I think that if we got to be careful spiritually, because when we are in pain, when, when there's a desperation, when we are hungry and we feel this desperation, this pain, this desire, uh, if we're not careful, I mean, we got to be careful because that, that hunger can lead us to a good place, or it could, if we're not careful, lead us to a bad place. And this is what we got to be careful with, with our spiritual hunger. Uh, let me, let me um, show you what I mean. Let me, let's, we'll look at a couple examples here. Um, if we're not careful, our hunger, our, our, our desire, our desperation, our, even our, our pain, if we're, not, if we're not careful, it can lead us to compromising choices. Let me, let me show you what I mean. In Hebrews chapter 12, uh, beginning in verse 16. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 16. 
uh, verse 16 and 17, it says, uh, see to it that no one is sexually immoral or godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit this blessing, he was rejected. Even though he sought the blessing with tears, he could not change what he had done. You know the story that it's referring to there, right? This is the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, but it's referring to an Old Testament story in Genesis chapter 25, the story of Jacob and Esau. You know, uh, Esau was the older of the brothers, and so he was entitled to the birthright, the inheritance from his father and um, his father Isaac. And, and but, but in Genesis chapter 25, he had been out uh, and he came back home and he was hungry and Jacob was sitting there cooking some stew and he was hungry. And so he asked for some stew from Jacob and Jacob said, I'll give it to you, but you got to promise to give me your birthright. <laughs> what a what a what a crazy request but what's crazier is that Esau agreed and this is what Hebrews is saying to us that's actually this is what Hebrews is telling us it's saying look at that story you got to be careful because our hunger you know our desires our 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 desperation if not correctly channeled can lead us to compromising choices. You know, if, if we're not careful, we can take shortcuts because of our desperation or our hunger or the pains inside of us. You know, if we're not careful, we can find ourselves getting tired of waiting on God, you know, and feeling desperate, getting impatient with God and making poor choices. A couple months ago, we studied out uh, you remember the uh, Israelites and the golden calf. That was a result of impatience. They were hungry for something, but instead of waiting on God, they made a compromising choice. Has your hunger or your desperation, your desire led you to any compromising choices? This is what we got to be careful of. This is, this is what's dangerous about the, the, the need, the desire, the hunger in our heart. That's why the scriptures teach us uh, that blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So we got to be careful because hungry, hung, hunger can lead us to make some bad choices if we're not careful. Um, hunger can not only lead us to compromise choices, but we got to be careful because our hunger, our desire, our, our, our desperation can lead us to uh, an entitled attitude, if, if we're not careful. An entitled attitude. And let me, let me explain what I mean. I read um, the book of Job. I've read it many times in my life. But last time I've read the book, of, I, I'm sure you, if you've not read the book of Job, uh, it's a really uh, challenging book to read. Um, but you know the story. I mean, Job was desperate. He was hungry for answers. He was hurting he was suffering. He was in pain. And you read the whole book, and I'm going to give it away, all right? If you haven't read it yet, spoiler here. You read the whole book, and he's wrestling with God. And his friends come in, and they weigh in, and they have, you know, they have their opinions about the whole thing. But Job is really wrestling with God, and he's questioning God. He's, he's begging God 
for answers. He is hungry. And he almost, when you read it, he almost like, you know, in my opinion, starts crossing the line of almost demanding answers from God. God, you will answer me. You know, I mean, he almost gets to that point. And at the end of the story, what is God's answers to him? God's answer is no, I don't have to answer your questions. I'm God. You are not. And after all of his suffering, after all of his begging, God's response is, I'm God. And, uh, and you're not God. And I remember reading that the last time I read that, I really struggled with that. <laughs> I really, now, Job didn't seem to struggle with it. I'm, not, I'm just saying it revealed in my heart, you know, a sense of, uh, well, what it revealed in my heart was sort of a sense of entitlement. You know, it's sort of a sense of, um, of when I suffer, you know, I kind of get to a point where I'm like, hey, it's okay. I kind of deserve something because I'm suffering. And we got to be careful with that. You know, um, I heard one time a story about a sister who was driving her car in Manhattan and she had a, a friend visiting from out of town and the sister did a U-turn right in the middle of the street, right in the middle of the street. And the, friend from out of town is like, hey, what are you doing? Isn't that illegal? And the sister driving said, hey, this is New York City. We have real crime here, right? And it's kind of a funny story. And I, you know, I laugh when I hear it. And I'm like, it's true. But it's also an incredibly good example of entitlement because of suffering. You know, this sort of sense of, hey, we, I got real problems. So I can, you know, I can, I can kind of do whatever I want. You know, I can kind of I can take shortcuts if I want to. I can, I can make compromises if I want to because I'm going through some hard times. And so we got to be careful. Again, I'm not saying that Job did this, but reading Job and seeing him suffer and then seeing God's answer at the end basically be, hey, I'm God. You're not God. That made me, that, that revealed my heart. <laughs> that showed my heart and my sense of like, no, God, you, you kind of owe the guy something, but God doesn't. You know, and this is where we got to be careful, you know, because our hunger, this desperation in this, 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 these hunger, this pain, this, this sense of desire, if we're not careful, it can, it, it, it can lead us to a sense of entitlement, you know, and it comes out in little things like, ah, I'm having a bad day. I, I don't need to go to midweek, <laughs> you know, or uh, I'm having a rough morning. I just, I'm just going to be late for church or I'm having a, you know, a bad week. You know, I don't need to pray you know, or I don't need to read the Bible, or I don't need to try to maintain some sort of spiritual relationships. You know, it comes out in those little things. It's like, I got big problems, you know, and so we start feeling this sense of entitlement because of our hunger, our, our suffering, our struggling. And um, I'm not, I'm not saying here that it's, by the way, I'm not saying that it's wrong to question God. I don't think that that's not the lesson here at all. In fact, we need to always be truthful with God. God already knows what's in our heart anyway. And we absolutely need to bring our difficult and, and honest questions to God when we are struggling. But it's more about what is the attitude with which we come to God? You know, what do we come to God with arrogance and sort of like, this is kind of something you owe me, God? And is that reflected in our decisions? Or do we come to God with a humility and, uh, uh, and, and a trust in God, even when we have this intense sense of hunger and desire and desperation. And, um, and we may not be getting the answers quite as 
readily as we want them. And so we have to be careful with that because um, our hunger can lead us to entitlement if we're not uh, checking it. Luke chapter 17, verse 10. Here's a great verse. It says, so you also, this is the end of a, a story. You can read it in context if you want, but Jesus says, so you also, when you've done all that were, you were commanded, I'm, I'm sorry, let me start again. So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. <laughs> it's just such a great verse. That's Jesus just saying, listen, at the end of the day, we're all just servants. We're servants. God is God and we are his servants. If you want to read a little bit more about this, you can read uh, the parable of the workers in the vineyard. That's uh, Matthew chapter 20, the first 16 verses. Great parable about this sort of sense of, hey, at the end of the day, we serve God. And that's it. And uh, so we got to be careful. We can't let our hunger, our, our desire, our desperation, our, our want, we can't, we got to be careful that we don't let that hunger lead us to compromising choices. We got to be careful that we don't let that hunger lead us to uh, an entitled attitude because what God wants that hunger to lead us to is a filled heart. That's where that hunger should lead us. You know, that's what God is wanting. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Let me, um, let me show you an example of this. This is, where, this is where our hunger needs to lead us. Psalm 73. Psalm 73 uh, is, I, I won't read the whole psalm. You, you can, I'll let you read it, but I'll read a little bit of it to you. It's a great verse. It's a great psalm because the, the writer is struggling. <laughs> and again, I can relate. I don't know about you, I can relate. He's struggling because he's basically saying, God, I live a right, I'm trying to live a righteous, holy life. And I look out and see all these people who are not living holy lives and they, they seem to be prospering and their lives are amazing and everything is together. Here I am trying to live a holy life and uh, I have nothing but struggle. Like, God, what's the deal, right? This is their struggle. Very honest, very real. Um, and I can relate to this. Uh, maybe you can too as well. But here's the verse, Psalm 73, verse 16 and 17. The psalmist then writes, when I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply till I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their final destiny. This is where our hunger should lead us. This is where our desperation should lead us. This is where our pain leads us. It should lead us to God. The psalmist is wrestling with the pain of, of all that is going on around, and they're hungry for answers. They're thirsting for answers, but the, their hunger and their thirst, it says they, it troubled them until they went before God. They, 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 they took it to God, so they let their hunger and their thirst lead them to righteousness, lead them to God. And then they found understanding. Then they were filled. Then they went, oh, now I get it. Uh, what is the secret to satisfying our hunger and our thirst? It's God. It's turning to him. That's where we find fulfillment. So I want to encourage you 
I want to plead with you. I want to beg you. I want to inspire you. I want to um, ask you to please turn to God. When, when the hunger and the thirst of life strike you, when you are uh, feeling the desperation and the, the, the pains of, of life, let those things not turn you to compromising choices, not turn you to shortcuts, not turn you to an attitude of entitlement, but instead turn you in to God, to him, and, and to look to him, to, to read scriptures, to, to, to open your heart to, to in prayer to him, to hunger and thirst for righteousness, because that's where we find a filled heart. Again, Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Uh, I'm going to close out here our time together with a song. I like ending with a song. Um, this one, I, I, all of the, the songs I've been choosing have been sort of within New Jersey and familiar faces, but we're going we're gonna to go across the country and uh, this is such a great song. And our brothers and sisters from Denver, um, we're going to close it out by listening and singing. Feel free to sing along with this song.